have no idea what loss is. You have no idea what loss is. I reckon it's got something to do with that girl. He's got everything to do with that little girl. I can take care of myself! How many close calls have we had? Can't be any worse out there. Can it? Every guy in this room is staring at you right now. Maybe they're staring at you. Maybe they're jealous of you. I'm... just a girl. Not a threat. Welcome to the world of The Last of Us, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for the Naughty Dog video game series and the HBO and Sky Atlantic television show. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is David, how's it going? I'm very well, thanks. Good, good. Uh, This is for Season 1, Episode 8, it's the penultimate episode of the season, which has gone by very, very fast. Uh, When we are in need, what did you think of this penultimate episode? Uh, Good episode, um... I mean, it's it's been interesting, actually, watching this, if you compare it to things like Walking Dead, because they're very, very sparing with how they use the infected on this show. Um, and, I, you know, I, I was just thinking, because you've got this episode and you've got next week's episode, and you'd sort of expect it to come to some sort of big... Like, you know, the last couple of episodes to be some big set pieces and all that sort of stuff. And there's none of that in here. I mean, you know, not not with like, you know, huge amounts of infected coming in and, uh, and like rushing people or anything like that. It's it's sticking with with this episode. Um, the horrors of humans, you know, mm. um, and it does that particularly well. I think here it's it's a. a another story of of um you know we're picking up after with with joel still kind of not in a great state and ellie trying to save him and yeah we've got this uh uh this this sort of group that they come across and they turn out not to be very nice people as tends to happen in this sort of situation um but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really kind of brutal episode for Ellie, um, and uh, yeah, I I thought they did a really solid job with this. I thought Bella was phenomenal again. Um, yeah, it's it's been so wonderful seeing her sort of you know develop this character over this over the run of this. I think she's just been brilliant throughout, and uh, and of course we get to see the other Joel in this as well. Because Troy Baker is in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought this was a very good episode. I do, I do think it reached its emotional beats that it needed to. Um, yeah, there is one zombie set piece that was taken out of this episode, which is where um, David and Elias sit. It's when they're sitting down, and um, James comes back, but then there's like some infected, so you have to fight them. It is a quite sort of video gamey set piece because it does one of them things. Um, where like, hey, fight off the infected until the invisible timer sort of runs down, and then wait for the the set piece, the next set piece right. to kill itself, and then you go through. So, 
a little bit video gamey in that aspect. Um, it also then leads into another slightly bigger area where there's like a bloater that drops down, and I I kind of understand a little bit why they did take that one out because it is it is more of a video gamey set piece than even the uh, bit with Sam and Henry where where we had the bloater there. Um, but I, I did think there would at least be some infected in this, but uh, as we have to keep remembering, I suppose, they're really, really focusing a lot on character and really trying to flesh these characters out. Um, so much to the point where I, I tried to look at one of the benefits of this episode uh, in terms of the character and stuff. I think this is a better version of David than we have in the game. Um, not only right. because we get a bit more, not really backstory per se, but more more time with him. Um, and I, w I wouldn't call it more sort of time to understand him because he's a horrible person. Yeah. But more kind of just, here's a bit more of like his group. Because he does mention his group a few times in the game, but you never see them. Um, and I think uh, it... In the game, David's not what I would describe as mustache twirly, but he's more kind of just... You don't really get that extra part to him. And I thought both from performance and from just the story told here with the character, I, I think this is a better version of David. You still get the fundamental core of the same character, but I just felt like he was a bit more built out, a bit more sort of fleshed out. Um, and I think the group part really helped that um again mm -hmm. it doesn't give him any like it doesn't make him more reasonable or give him more excuses as to like what he truly is like but it yeah. tells you it just fleshes him out a bit better so I, I i thought that was at least a good point towards the uh tv show uh, for the most part all the other set pieces played out pretty much the way i expected um but uh yeah it was just the one that they the one that they changed but um i don't know because I mean, when I when I watch these episodes, I'm not watching this for the revelations of the story or the character because I know those those parts. I'm more looking for sort of the adaption part and seeing how this is being brought to life. That's that's what obviously because it's Last of Us mm -hmm. as well. But that's that's what I'm here for. I'm not here to see sort of like, oh, what's David gonna do? Because I know what he's gonna do. Um, unless there's slight changes, like with the Bill and Frank story, where you get it built around a bit differently. Um, but I'm more interested in kind of like, okay, I'll see how the story plays out in a more real looking setting. Cause that's literally what it looks like. Um, also speaking on this like whole real aspect I've been talking about throughout the whole thing, which is the point that sticks out the most, right? It's about bringing the video game to life. I've seen, um, over the last couple of weeks or so, a few different side by side screenshots of this is what you see in the show. And this is what it looks like just with a few different sort of shots of the show. And it's amazing the parts of this that look very very real you you know some of it isn't but some of it is on location shooting and like there was a bit of green screen here to make this bit of shrubbery or that that kind of thing but even as i'm watching the episodes i'm not sort of able to point out like oh that bit's definitely green screen and th this bit like mm -hmm. you know it, it all looks real at least from from my my opinion anyway um yeah. what what do you think on the whole like how they've brought this game to life and and that sort of aspect yeah, I, I think they've they have done a very, very good job on that. Um, you know, I, I the the sort of effects that always interest me are actually, you know, in terms of the look of it, are always the ones that that aren't um obvious. 
you know, because uh, every TV yeah. show has some effects work in it, even whether you see it or not. So, um, you know, pretty much everything does. Uh, and a lot of that is things like scene replacement and things you don't think about, you know, the fact that whether they've extended a cityscape or, um, you know, that they've they've had green screens outside people's windows and they've replaced like, you know, the background or, or, you know, the, there's, mm. or they've deleted something and moved something, you know, yeah. there's a Se lot of that. Seven does stuff. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, yeah, I mean, and you get those in superhero things like, uh, you know, I mean, we've interviewed a lot of FX people. There's an interview up on the website with the, with people that did Miss Marvel and, and did She-Hulk. Uh, and whilst there are very obvious effects in those, there are some really inobvious things like, you know, moving mm. a, uh, somebody moved a, I think it was in Miss Marvel, uh, a, a hat stand in one of the shots and, um, for continuity purposes, because somebody had moved it like to the left, they needed to put it back to the right, which means they had to go in and like literally digitally remove a hat stand and move it over like two feet. Mm. So, you know, there are little things like that, which I find fascinating that they've had to do. And, and certainly with a show like this, despite the fact that you haven't, you know, 90% of it is, it, you know, isn't about the infected. Um, it, it's, it's things like fires or they're having to create villages or, you know, out of nothing or they've, you know, it, it will be overgrown cities and that sort of stuff. Um, so that, those sort of effects, I think are, I find fascinating because they're essentially designed to be invisible. Um, you know, it's not a big sort of superhero, like smacking somebody and, you know, powers coming out of their fingers and that sort of stuff. So those sort of things I find absolutely fascinating. And, and you know, there will be a lot of that in here and you don't see it, which is exactly what they want. You know, so mm. I think they have done a really good job with that. And, and you know, in, in terms of direct comparisons, I I have gone and looked up some of the cutscenes afterwards to see how close some of the bits are because it's been so long since i played the game i can't actually remember um I, and that's been quite interesting sort of seeing the, the seeing those things side by side and seeing how close they actually are with some of that stuff mm. yeah um but other than that um yeah the emotional beats of like what happens to ellie here i thought were hit really well Mm -hmm. um but it's kind of a build-up to those moments so um but I, I enjoyed seeing you know troy baker in here it, it was very weird seeing troy baker attacking the actress playing ellie that was like yes. slightly strange but uh that, yeah, that can't I, be helped of course so I, I did i i did wonder whether they've maybe switched that in some way so it ends up being pedro the one that actually takes him down because um hmm. because then it, you'd have sort of new joel killing old joel <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, very good episode still, and uh, we have a big, big finale coming up as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, um, anyway, that's it for the pre-talk stuff. We've got some housekeeping and the recap to get to, so uh, let's do that. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK, that's E-T-A-L-K, UK to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website. 
uh, version of the episode and you can go and click on that link in the show notes that's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well so you can either copy and paste the promo code etalkuk e-t-a-l-k-u-k you can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20% off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscaped's quality thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's Kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, some very, very big things happening over on the United cast. Uh, First of all, if we do this backwards, I suppose. uh, Yesterday, May United beat uh, West Ham by three goals to one in the FA Cup. We're now through to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. And the only big team, I mean, you know, anybody can beat anybody in football. There's no easy games. Uh, The only other sort of really big team is uh, Manchester City. So we'll see... Uh, maybe Burnley can knock Man City out, or we'll have to see, um, which g- could sound ridiculous, but you never know. Anybody can beat anybody uh, sometimes in football. So, uh, May United are through to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, and let's hope we can win that one as well. What do I mean by as well? Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. And did a couple of other just bonus episodes this week uh, for the fresh month of... Uh, of March, I did a podcast called Thank You PlayStation Access. Uh, basically, I've just appreciated their content a lot uh, in the last six, seven months, however long I've been watching them. Uh, I tagged some of the PlayStation Access members. They responded with some nice uh, comments as well. But just wanted to show my appreciation for PlayStation Access because they've just been really, really fun to to watch. So uh, that was really good to do. Uh, two episodes over on the Analyzing Television uh, section, uh, Analyzing Television episode 22 is talking about old TV shows, representation and diversity. The conversation in the last couple of years has been brought up in terms of shows like Friends and Fools and Horses and how they 
stand up today in terms of like cultural appropriation and things like that can't be helped necessarily with how those shows can be at times they're not terrible shows in terms of that specific element but uh you know the the, the idea that's kind of been floated around of like if, if you were to modernize or remake these shows just wouldn't work i i talked about the situation with that but then also how those old shows do kind of hold up in terms of those particular elements so i talked all about that um over on analyzing television episode 21 i did an episode simply called dear netflix please stop uh they have become notorious for cancelling tv shows over and over and over again and replacing them with shows that don't get any attention at all and they keep doing it and they keep doing it and they keep doing it uh, the latest sort of victim of that was mindhunter which uh granted was in the third season was kind of in development for a while but netflix decided they didn't want to do it and i talked about the specific element as to their reason to why which is that the show is too expensive according to them there's also an interview recently they did they said they've never cancelled a successful show so i kind of bundled all this information together in a recap and talked about that so uh yeah netflix please stop um over on the uh, quick updates side of things i did an update for our dc film reviews updates so i talked about that in terms of what i'm doing with the four dc eu films this year um over on the chat podcast for february 2023 i talked about sam smith everything that's going on with them at the moment who's been in the news uh, i talked about pronouns and talked about drag as well of course as well as the uh monthly recap for the month of february uh last of us obviously we've got the episodes for those over on the united cast very very good things happening over there as well um the big cup final i talked about on the previous cup uh previous episode we won the game uh, so Man United are the 2023 Carabao Cup winners at the first trophy since 2017, so the first in six years, which is amazing. Um, so uh, not not the you know biggest biggest trophy, but still an important trophy, I think. And uh, the main uh, important part of it being getting that sort of you know trophy drought away from us, f- finishing that trophy drought, also getting Ten Hag's first trophy in less than a year. So. Um, yeah, it, it was a thrilling, thrilling game and uh, really, really good to see May United lift some trophies again and not have to rely on other teams to stop other teams from, from winning things. So that was really, really good. But who knows? We're still in the Europa League. We're still in the FA Cup. So who knows what we can win? Uh, in terms of the Premier League, that works a bit differently. We're not at the top of the league. So that's still one that we can win, but it's not in our hands as much. So because that depends on what Arsenal and Manchester City do. Over on the film review side of things, I did a don't skip review for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. A film that's good, a film that I liked, but a film that did miss the mark and had some very, very odd things going on. We talked a bit uh, a minute ago about visuals. Um, yeah, some very, very odd visual things going on in that film. Um, you know, you've got all this quantum realm sort of thing going on and it just it just wasn't quite put together right on the visual side of things. There's been some discussion recently about the VFX teams over at Marvel being kind of, you know, squashed and all that kind of stuff. Um, this film kind of woke me up to the problem that's there because there had been some previous comments before about like, oh, the CG and the visual of Marvels has gone downhill. And because I don't really have the eye for that, I hadn't noticed it so much. Well, I'd noticed it a little bit, but it's never something that's bothered me. Because uh, as I've spoke about visuals before, that's like always at the bottom of my list in terms of things I'm bothered about. This film kind of opened my eyes up to the problem that's that's going on there. So I talked all about that. 
Um, I did talk about that specifically in the spoiler-free section as well, so you can listen to all of that. Over on Gaming Talk Podcast this week, we talked about Suicide Squad, which got a very, very underwhelming showcase. Uh, we talked about PlayStation 1, the composer for the uh, boot-up sound, um, unfortunately passed away very recently, of course leaving their stamp very much on the games industry with the iconic PlayStation 1 boot-up sound, so that was uh, sad to see. And also a lot of talk about PlayStation VR 2. As well, that's what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's get into, I was going to say some news, but that'll be the Gaming Talk segment. Let's get into the recap. Uh, we open the episode with who we learned to be David giving a religious speech to his group. I didn't write down what he said because I, yeah, yeah it would have been too long anyway. Uh, yeah, giving a religious speech to his group. He's interrupted by a girl crying who uh, we learn her father has died. They cannot bury him yet though as it's too cold to dig and they will try in the spring which seems like it's going to be a bit of a ways off. He finishes the speech and the group leave. However, he chats with his right-hand man, James, Troy Baker, Joel from The Last of Us games, um, about being low on supplies. They arrange to hunt, but David is concerned about James's lack of faith because he sort of says to him, you know, you don't quite seem up for it kind of thing. You, you, you seem like you're sort of lacking faith. Um, yeah, so this was one of the... Again, we got an example in this episode of, okay, piece of paper which is this part of the game. You cut around the bits that you can take out. We'll talk about the infected thing in a minute, because there's maybe a, a debate to be had there. You cut around certain parts, you shorten certain things, but then you stitch on extras, as you could call them. Uh, this being the extras here with the... Uh, again, not backstory, but just more more information about David. Um, it's interesting, because... Uh, so this episode paints him as like a religious person right and obviously there's all different types yeah. of religious people in the world and that kind of thing so you can't sort of pinpoint him to one particular group or whatever um not a it's interesting though because like people that have you know played the games and know the story you know going in that david's a bad person i found it interesting though because he starts giving sort of a religious speech and i thought oh they're going to put david into like a cult type of group because that's kind of you think of religion and you think of bad people cult is kind of the thing you associate that with because you know i'm not saying obviously if you're part of religion not all religions are cults obviously there are nice religions out there um but you know you have do you have examples in fiction and in the real world of uh religions that are more cult-like and do very very bad things but this doesn't really quite seem to i mean there's bad elements of it obviously which we find out later but in terms of how he's speaking to the group and that type of stuff um quite normal I would, I would suppose. I mean, there's yeah. a bit, there's a bit of an underlying sort of doom and gloom feeling, but that just might be the situation and the supplies and everything. Um, but yeah, this this religious angle that they've given him, I don't. I remember because he does say in the game, "Hey, I have a group," and he, you know, he says later to Ellie about, "Hey, you can come back with me," and she's like, "Hey, I'm not coming anywhere with you," and that kind of thing. That's still there, but we don't see the group, and there's also no kind of, there's no hint from david in the game that he is part of any religion whatsoever they just paint him as like hey this kind of shifty guy who has a group who's out here looking for stuff right. so this is the elements i was talking about in the pre-talk where um they're able to flesh him out a little bit more and sort of okay you cut down some of the sort of running game sequences where you're running for a bit and you can put some more of these in um so yeah i i thought this particular element worked quite well and um i thought troy baker uh, did did pretty well here too. So, uh, what do you think of the opening here? 
Yeah, I hadn't. I mean, I just say it's been a long time since I played the game, so I hadn't <laughs> realised that that uh, I I couldn't remember that there wasn't any sort of religious element to it. But it's it sort of it's an interesting little slight change to that character mm. there, and it makes perfect sense. You know, um, I mean, I as you say there are there are there are good religion i don't want to say there's good religions and bad religions but there are there are things that are are certainly cult-like and i I know what you're saying in this particular situation when he's making that speech you do think okay well this could just be a religious leader you know i mean going back to the walking dead we've seen yeah we had gabriel in the walking dead who would would sometimes make those sort of religious speeches speeches and Mm -hmm. he's god and found god and sometimes you 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 know um yeah you'll have a leader that that is has faith in some sort of higher power and and that can be quite comforting to some people uh in most cases when it comes to this sort of apocalyptic type game um, or tv show it's religion usually isn't a good thing but um yeah i i think it adds a, an interesting little element of the sort of you know he talks a little later about the fact that he found religion after he uh, you know, after the apocalypse, and he was a teacher beforehand, and that side of things sort of makes sense if you're the you know because religion is can, if you want it to be, be quite a useful tool yeah. to control yeah. people. So, um, yeah, I I think that sort of makes sense for this character in, mm. in this particular instance. So I didn't, you know, but yes, I think. He tries to sort of play it off as well, you know. Um, yeah, I'm I am a preacher, but uh, you know, it's kind of relatively normal, you know, Catholic or whatever. You know, it's it's not some sort of kooky like little cult. It's it, you know, he's just sort of a preacher. So at least that's what he's claiming. So mm. yeah. Uh, we cut back to Ellie attempting to treat Joel. He's slightly getting better, but still not well. Uh, she bravely attempts to hunt uh, with Joel's, actually Tommy's rifle, although technically a sniper. Uh, she heads off on her own. She comes across a deer and shoots it. She's surprised she's got the shot or the hit it uh, and proceeds to follow it. However, James and David beat her to it and discuss taking it. However, Ellie stops them, giving them several warnings. David attempts to negotiate by saying he has a group. She says, I'm not going anywhere with you. David orders, kind of, James to go and get medical supplies so they can exchange with Ellie. Of course, the deer for the medical supplies. Uh, James leaves to do so. Sorry, James leaves to do so. After some time passing and a short conversation, they move into a slightly more sheltered area. Uh, David explains that one of his people was killed by an older guy travelling with a little girl. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, making it clear that he's uh, after the guy. Uh, David lets Ellie go with the supplies, but James isn't happy about it. Um, yeah, this is where we get the change, because what happens here in the game is those windows that you can see in the building, you start to get clickers that climb through, and you have to take care of them. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, David acts as like an AI companion of sorts, because, of course, he's got a survivor as well, so in that situation, you're forced to work together. Uh, you then go, like, down onto this bridge, and then further down into this, like... 
elevator, not elevator shaft, this like elevator kind of room where there's like lots of windows and things and there's all sorts of clickers and stuff that climb through and you have to kill them. Um, it's quite a difficult part of the game actually if, if you're not sort of, because um, one of the tactics I ended up using was like shoot and move kind of thing because if you get caught in a corner like that um, and clickers are a one hit kill, you are not going to be in a good situation. So, and then there's a bloater that sort of drops down in this elevator shaft, and uh, you have to take care of that. Um, but it's it's one of them. It's an interesting set piece because it's sort of they both don't trust each other. David's kind of revealed like, "Hey, I'm after this guy," and he was traveling with a girl. They both know it's you, and then they have to work together. Otherwise, you know, if they start fighting when all these clickers are coming and stuff, they're both going to end up dead. Uh, so it for- sort of forces them to work together. But they're still both on edge in case one of them, like, I don't know, pushes the other one into a clicker to save themselves or, or, or something like that. So there's, like, a, a nervous edge to it. Um, I can see from a realism point why they why they kind of cut it. Because it is one of them kind of, hey, keep killing the infected until the next set piece cues. And it is sort of a bit video gamey. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when I talked about, slightly off topic, but sort of similar... I remember when I reviewed God of War Ragnarok in November, or whenever that was, and one of my issues with the game was that there was too many sort of video gamey parts, because it had a lot of sections like that, so, and interestingly, interestingly, we are getting a God of War show on on Amazon. I don't know how gritty and real that one's going to be, but obviously it's, uh, we'll see see how that goes. Yeah, very, very different kind of thing. It's not designed to be real. Right, but, uh, um, yeah, and that kind of video gamey element doesn't quite fit into the tone that they're going for here. I would have liked to have possibly seen a different variant of it, maybe. Um, but then, what they're trying to do here, like, because the actual structure of this episode, in terms of, like, how Ellie goes from here back to Joel, which is she simply runs off, if you try to input infected into the way the scene is written and structured in terms of, okay, James doesn't, I think James ran off or something. I can't remember what happens to James. Um, cause he is in this bit, um, later where they tried to, to kill Ellie. Uh, I think James ran off or something like that. I can't remember. Cause he, he's not in that like gameplay section with you. Um, but then the way they try to write it here is there's no infected anywhere, but the threat is more kind of, okay, there's two guys here. They're both really grown men. And yes, Ellie can, handle herself but she's in a spot of bother here but then the mm-hmm. difference is david lets her runs off because they're in, more interested in tracking joel which is how the episode plays out so in terms of how that's written and structured which is a bit different um right. i don't know how they would have put infected into this scene necessarily uh so yeah but what do you think what do you think of kind of the change here yeah, I think it would have been very weird for Infected suddenly to show up in some sort of mass group, given that they've established that, um, you know, the reason that this group has settled in this place is because of the fact that it's relatively clear. So for for them to then suddenly be like uh, bombarded with a group of Infected would make zero sense at all. And they've also sort of established that when you're further out in the world, which I mean, this is a resort. So in, in, you know, in this particular case, whilst there would have been people there at the time, the fact that this group have settled at the resort, you would think they've cleared most of the infected out of the area anyway. And there's not really any other place for the infected to come from. It would have 
wouldn't really have made a huge amount of sense in what they've set up here for mm. a bunch of infected suddenly to show up out of nowhere and then have to fight them off. It would seem like they put in a, a set piece just for the sake of sticking in a set piece. So yes, it would have come across as very video gamey and unnecessary. And when you're looking at these characters, the threat mainly to Ellie comes from David and James. So I think, yeah, it makes perfect sense to cut that out of this here. You know, the the threat is more from the people than it is from infected, as it should be in this particular instance, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I think that makes perfect sense to, to not put that in here. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what people's reactions are when these episodes you know these last few episodes go out and whether yeah because because the entire show i mean i'm trying to think how many like they've only been reached sort of four instances or so when they've used actual infected you know um Uh, yeah episode one had the big breakout two had the, the clicker set piece Five had the big bloater one. Uh, was there any in four? Because three was obviously the the beautiful, delicate Bill episode. Uh, where there, there was one infected in that episode, but it it was yeah, used and, differently. Yeah. The, so yeah, the yeah, because there there was there's only really been. And then seven had the bite set piece. Yeah. So there's only really three or f- yeah there's only really three or four so only really half the episodes if you're talking have... big set pieces it was two and five really yeah yeah and there haven't really been any more big set pieces other than that you know i mean you've not seen massive hordes of them or anything like that it's it's been very sparing with how they've used them and it works for the show really well you know i i mean it it you don't really lose anything because there are still threats and those threats just happen to be coming from humans rather than more than they are coming from, you know, the, the, the infected may have created this environment, but that makes sort of sense because of the fact that for quite a lot of the show, they are out away from civilization. Hmm. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I think it makes perfect sense in this case. Um, yeah, she runs off. Uh, Ellie immediately runs back to Joel and attempts to treat him with the antibi- antibiotics, uh, one now and then one later. She initially is unsure where to even inject it, but she uh, still does it, and then she rests with Joel. Um, yeah, it's a short little part here, but um, you know, it's 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 the kind of this is kind of the last calm before the storm, apart from the church scene, which does have mm-hmm. some I- intense sort of things going on, or well, not really church scene, but where where David is with his. Yes, with its yeah, people. That, yeah, um, yeah. Again, this is kind of like um, you've almost got like different acting parts for Bella because you've got that intense sort of negotiation stuff, and then you've got this sort of desperate survivor panic, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. And because she is young and still learning things, um, she, I guess, might not have done this particular thing before. So, oh, yeah, and she doesn't want to muck it up. She doesn't want Joel to die. Of course, none of us do. But uh, yeah, thought it was a, a good little scene. Um, I was gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say it anyway. I think because obviously Joel, Joel and Ellie are, are our main two. You have other characters here as well, of course. But as we've started to get more focus on Ellie, obviously, particularly last episode, you could argue this episode. 
um, and some parts of the uh, Sam Henry storyline. As much as I do really like what Joel's, uh, what Pedro's doing as Joel, and I do think that Bella's got the harder job as Ellie, not because she's the, she's the. There's a lot of kind of um, when it comes to younger actors, which is very difficult to get actors from like let's say her age and younger because mm-hmm. um, there aren't I, I mean i've i've seen some like not great child acting in in the past like you yes. know that you know that sort of static stale performance where they're just saying their lines and they're in the scene and that's the best that they can get out of them mm-hmm. um so i do think i do think bella's got the harder job i do think she's probably got more scrutiny towards her because people have seen you know pedro in in game of thrones and in mandalorian he's like you know and he's obviously a bit older and more experienced in it because he's older and he's been doing this longer um i was what i was gonna say i don't know if i'm sticking with this necessarily i think bella's doing a i don't know if better is the right word to, to to use maybe better job than pedro but she's doing kind of i don't know she she's very for a like well not really a child because she's a she is a teenager um i mean she's nearly in her 20s um for a very young actor um I think she's doing, yeah, considering that the pressure she's got on her and how big this franchise is and she is the main character, um, I really think she's doing quite an incredible job. And I think, particularly with this episode and last one, it's really kind of come to my mind of because she started getting more story and she started like getting some of her own scenes, um, I think she started to really, really shine through. And particularly, like, this is another one that sort of stands out. That's why I'm bringing it up. So Mm. um, what what do you think of kind of what I'm talking about here? Yeah, I I think... You're entirely right. She's she's been absolutely phenomenal in this, and you know, um, the the from what I do remember of playing the game, she she's really embodies that character incredibly well. Yeah. Which, considering she'd never played the game herself and she'd only looked at a few cutscenes of it, I mean, she really gets the character of Ellie. I know she looks a little different from the from the video game version, but. She she really embodies that character, you know, the fun, the jokiness, the the kind of messing around, that kind of childlike wonder of it. She she does it so so well. She's she's really good at the, at this role. So I think she's completely nailed it. She's and she comes across wonderfully. Um, she's very likable as as Ellie, and mm. just I, so the, some of my favourite scenes with Ellie are are the ones where she's things like the escalator scene um <laughs> you know from, which which is one of oh she's talking to joel about the airplane said so like you know he's he's kind of bemoaning like plane flight and she's like but you got to fly you know that sort of stuff yeah uh, which is things that they that she's never probably never gonna have the chance to do or, or you know didn't exist and she's suddenly discovering so i that sort of side of things i think she does amazingly well and uh yeah it, even this little scene where she's there with the the antibiotics and she's like i don't know what i'm doing and, uh, and just sort of it ends up injecting it directly into the wound i don't i mean i don't know whether that's the right thing to do or not i don't know neither, whether you neither should, do have, I. should have injected into the bloodstream or whether you, you you do inject it directly into the wound but i mean you know it's a fair guess i i would think um mm. But the, the fact that it's just sort of that is in there and she's like, well, I don't know what to do. Yeah, you know, she's, she's gone and got antibiotics, but didn't really think through the fact that I don't know actually what I need to do with this afterwards. So, hmm. um, 
But yeah, I know I I think she's doing a phenomenal job. Uh, and yeah, I get what you're saying. I think I mean I think Pedro's doing great as well. But there is more pressure on Bella to, to yeah, definitely get more this scrutiny. Right. Because yeah, there's going to be a lot more scrutiny because she is a younger actor and she is sort of slightly more of the lead than than Joel is. I mean, they're kind of they are co-leads, but but you know she has had episodes where she's been the main focus and also has been uh, you know the episodes like this one and some of the last one where Joel's been laid on a table and she's done most of the work, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David um, returns to his group with the deer. The group isn't quite that happy about it. Um, so David brings up the fact that they know the guy is in the local area and will try to track him. The same young girl from previously, from, from earlier, isn't happy and argues they should both be killed. David takes a turn and smacks her. Um, there's then a brief uh, scene of the kitchen where they're preparing the food um, to give you a suspicion or a hint that it's not quite... Um, good food, I suppose. So, um, yeah, I, I was trying to, I was looking at this episode and I was an, trying to analyze David. Um, and it's the only episode where you're going to get to be able to do that. Um, mm-hmm. and I was thinking like, there are part, like David is a bad guy. Like from a, mm-hmm. on a base level, David is a bad guy. But if you look at the sort of initial negotiations with Ellie, the way that he talks about like, okay, we're not really actually after you. We are... Um, sorry, the thing was going a bit weird then. Um, we're, we're not after after you. We're actually after this guy. You just happen to be the one that um, was with him and stuff. He, at, at points... And I'm not calling him a reasonable person. What I'm saying is, at points in this episode, he is reasonable, I, I, I think. Because in terms of like, okay, trying to get, negotiate with Ellie, he doesn't sort of say to Ellie... Um, like, oh no, we're just gonna kill you and take the deer. Kind of, it, it's it's those little sort of differences, and how it's kind of like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, we'll we'll trade with you. And yeah, there's an underlying sort of, okay, you can tell this guy is not quite good, or you know that that sort of thing. But um, I think because there's a bit later on where where he's doing some some funny stuff with Ellie and whatnot, and that's obviously like where the creepy element comes in. But um, this is kind of the first term where it's like, okay, th- this woman is suggesting, okay, she's suggesting something you don't don't agree with and you're the leader and you've taken very badly to that. But where this first smack comes in, that's where, that's kind of like where the first turn of his character mm-hmm. takes, I think. Because up until then, I mean, like, yeah, he says like, hey, th- this guy killed one of our groups, so we're after him. That's, I think, reasonable. Um, yeah. And like, hey, we're not after you, but you were part of his group. We'll let you go off with this medicine, but we'll take the deer. We'll we'll do the thing that we we said we were gonna do. And yeah, there's some like off creepy elements with him earlier in the episode towards Ellie. Um, but what he's what he's done up to that point is he hasn't done a bad thing. When he gets to this point, he smacks this girl. That's where the first kind of turn takes um yeah what what do you kind of think of david as a character in i did have a thought while i was watching this when the episode ended it's like it's almost like a a sort of episode which kind of speed runs the governor arc from walking dead (laughs) (laughs) because the character's not massively i mean there are obviously different elements and it ends in a different way but in terms of the character of sort of you know nice guy seems to run you know a, a reasonable community um, turns out to be an evil shithill. You know, it, it's 
it's one of those things that um yeah the, the, that sort of entire sort of governor arc it, it almost plays out in the entire it just through this episode uh and does it really really well so yeah and you're right he's perfectly seems perfectly reasonable i think as an audience you don't trust him because you never trust people like that when you first meet them anyway uh we've seen too many of these shows to know particularly i mean sadly because uh, partly because of the religious element as well because you i mean religion in this environment particularly is kind of seems to make you a bit less trustworthy generally you know i mean nine times out of ten when you meet somebody who is is still religious after an apocalypse it's usually for bad purposes yeah with with the exception of gabriel um you you think of any apocalyptic uh you know or post-apocalyptic show um whenever you stumble across religion it's usually not a good thing so I think the audience are a little bit wary of him, as you would think. Where he hits a girl, that you really don't, there really isn't anything like, other than, I, I don't quite trust this guy, he has me on edge. There really isn't anything that quite stands out. And then, but this sort of going over and hit the girl and basically saying, you know, respect me, know your place. Um, yeah, that's the first time you really see him kind of turn. Mm. Um, it should mention the actor that plays him is a guy called Scott Shepard. And if you're trying to place where you've seen him before, uh, he was in El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie. Because oh. uh, I was, I looked him up, he played Casey. He was one of the uh, people that, that kidnapped Jesse. Um He's been in a few other things as well. He was in True Detective. He popped up in an episode of Prodigal Son. Uh, Young Pope he was in as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's popped up in a few other bits and pieces, a few films. Dark Phoenix, he was in um, the Jason Bourne, Bridge of Spies. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's one of those faces that yeah, I'm sure I've seen him in something before. Hmm. But, yes, it's good Scott Shepard, the guy. Cool. He sort of, when he was giving his longer monologue towards Ellie... I had one of them kind of moments of, I thought, like, do I recognise all... Because he was talking more and more and more in that scene and we were getting more of his voice. I was like, have you been in a game that I recognise? <laughs> uh, that That's sort of what... I, I didn't look it up, but that's sort of what I was what I was thinking. Um, you, you know when you kind of hear a voice and you think, I feel like I've heard that off of a video game character. So. Yeah, I don't think he's done video games as far as I'm aware. Mm. Um... No, I mean, Bluff City Law's the biggest, the sort of longest-running TV thing he's been in. Um, a young, oh no, Young Pope as well was the other thing. Uh, and he's been in a bunch of movies, but um, yeah, and like I say, he was in the El Camino movie. But no, as far as I'm aware, mm. might be somebody similar then. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is his first turn, uh, so he scares everybody at the. Uh, his group uh back to ellie and joel ellie wakes up and injects joel again before um hearing commotion outside it's david's men uh she runs back to joel urging him to wake up and gives him a knife ellie sort of sneaks outside and attempts to flank the men before firing james positions himself and shoots ellie's horse causing her to tumble uh james attempts to kill ellie before david stops him david carries ellie back to the area kitchen area uh, while the rest of the men look for Joel. 
Um, yeah, there is a massive... I, I definitely understand why they cut, cut it out. It would have taken far too long to get through. There's... Uh, after you um, get... Because uh, you do a set piece where you're on a horse and you're basically just going forward and you're avoiding a few men. Um, right, yeah. It goes on for a fair bit longer than what it does here. Uh, and then your, your horse gets shot. Um... And then you like tumble down this snowy sort of hill, you climb into a building, you go through a whole bunch of other buildings and kill loads and loads of men, which like, again, wouldn't work. I, th I think the shortened version here works for the TV show because you get to the, you get to the point quicker and you don't need 10 minutes of Ellie shooting people and taking people out. We also yeah. don't have time for that in the episode. Um, but as she was tumbling, I thought, oh, was she going to tumble down a hill? And then I immediately thought like, no, nah, that doesn't quite make sense for what they're doing here. And then they got to the point quicker, which is, um... Because the bit that you get to where she gets captured is you end up in a different burning building. Ellie tries to sort of unlock this door. David's like tracked her. He knocks her out and then takes her to the kitchen. So you still get to the same point. You just get there a little bit quicker. So I thought that was uh, an interesting change. Also, I think I was wrong about this horse. I don't think this is Shimmer. Um, right. I think I, me I remember last week saying because um, when you get to Tommy's barn thing and you do meet Shimmer... Um, because you go back to Jackson later on. Um, well, I don't think it's a spoiler. I think it's pretty obvious that you're going to go back there because Tommy's still there. But um, you meet Shimmer there. Uh, but Shimmer is the horse that Ellie uses in the in the second game. Um, so uh, this horse dying here because I the horse died and I was like, oh no, this can't be Shimmer because you you see Shimmer later on. So uh, it, it must have been a different horse. But um, anyway, just just found that a bit interesting. Um, yeah, very interesting from, uh, like, slightly more character given to, to James here. James is very much just a right-hand man NPC. Like, he has, a, he has a few lines in the game and stuff, but he he's just sort of following David's orders, and he doesn't get anywhere near as much uh, character build-up as here. Because there's a little bit before this as well, where they're sort of walking up to this area, and um, James is, like, continuing to question Faith and question David, and says like what about if this isn't god what god wanted or something like that and david just gives him this sort of look of like mm -hmm. it, kind of testing he doesn't say anything to him but he is giving him this look of like you're really testing my patience um yeah. and you can kind of see within james that okay at some point he's possibly going to make a decision that goes against what david wants um which is which is this one here um and obviously ellie wasn't going to die in this scene this, this would have been a very weird way to kill off ellie but obviously you can't do that because uh story reasons um so yeah i thought i thought this played out quite well and i thought in terms of ad adapting and fitting the format of this show and cutting out that massive gameplay piece uh it made sense here so uh what do you think of this capture scene of ellie yeah, I mean, I when the horse got shot, I was like, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I uh, I really like um, what they did here. It's nice seeing Troy actually sort of on screen because I mean he's mm. known basic, mainly yeah. for doing uh, doing uh, voice work and motion, you know, performance capture and stuff for video games and that sort of thing. I mean, he, yeah. he's you don't see a lot of him. Yeah, yeah, you don't. It's 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 rare. I mean, I think this is what over since like 2006 he's only got like one two three four five six live action projects actually on his mm. list compared to the hundreds of voice roles he's done a lot and of stuff video game and animation roles and all that. i mean he, he really has done a lot um would i interviewed 
Troy many, many times at MCM, uh, often alongside Nolan North. Uh, and the, the pair of those together, if you go and look at our YouTube channel, um, that we've got a few video interviews with the pair of them and they are hilarious together. They're really, really funny. Um, and, um, you know, quite often, uh, you know, he, he's, he's quite often the other voice of Batman, um, mm. that in, in a lot of the video games or Joker, uh, and sometimes they sort of play, they've, they've voiced Batman and Joker together and, you know, so there's, there's, they do that sort of stuff as well. But, uh, mm. Yeah, I've, I've like in terms of actually physically seeing Troy, I've seen more of him in interviews and things like that than actual like live action things. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, there's a very old video I, I found it <clears throat> the other day. If you if you look up PlayStation Access, Troy Baker is a very old video when Holly used to work there, and she got um, I think it was 14 voices. Got Troy to do like 14 different voices. And that was <laughs> a, that was quite a good one. So, but yeah, cool to see him here. Uh, it'd be cool. To, I mean, he's in a lot of video game stuff. That's mainly what he does. It would be cool to see him in more uh, TV and film, like live action yeah. stuff. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, but I thought he yeah portrayed this character pretty well of James. So yeah, he was great in this. Um, mm. I, really, really solid performance throughout. Um, yeah, I, you know, he's. I mean, yes, it's a smaller part, but I, I think the fact that they included him at all these is great and I, I like the fact that they did that throughout the whole thing with with all the people you know with a lot of the people that played the characters in the video games they either gave them the same characters or they flipped them to new characters and and gave them you know some respect to the video game people which i, I think is wonderful that they decided to do that as sort of uh, i mean really they're just easter eggs for people that know and love the video games because if you never played the video games and just watching the tv show you would have no idea that nolan north was any such an important part of the video game like history but hmm. uh, oh sorry not nolan north troy baker was such a um uh, you know a huge part of the video game history but yeah uh, back with Joel. Joel <clears throat> wakes up realizing Ellie has gone and knows he needs to get going. Um, after uh, one after the other, Joel kills a few of David's men. He traps one and ends up uh, with two of them as hostage. Uh, QR interrogation scene. Joel has one guy tied to a radiator and another to a chair. After stabbing one in the leg and threatening to take his kneecap, uh, Joel does the classic map test. This time with a twist. Uh, rather than getting the one guy to spot and the other guy to do the same as a test to see if they both, you know, recognise the same area, he gets one to do the test and just kills him. This is confusing the other guy, who Joel also just kills as well. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is kind of one of the big scenes people have been looking forward to. Um, Joel just kind of, you know, go, going full-blown what, he, what he's doing here. Um, this is also an interesting kind of hint back to his Firefly days, because him and mm -hmm. Tommy talked, obviously, in... Which, which one was it? Episode 4? Uh, I can't remember which episode the Tommy one was now. Um, yeah. <coughs> uh, no, episode 6. Um, and he's talked with Tommy about, like... And it's I, I like the way this has always been hinted at, but not quite shown, although I would be interested to see more of the story. When him and Tommy have talked about, like, no, we didn't just do bad stuff. Like, we killed innocent people. And you get a you get a lot of sort of slightly out of context discussion as to what did you do, Joel, and like and like these kind of things. And there's even the bit in one of the earlier episodes uh, where they're trying to escape from uh, him and Ellie are trying to escape from those people, and 
you know, Ellie's saying to him about, like, how did you know about this? I've been on both sides, and he doesn't want to talk about it more. So I, I like the amount that it's been hinted at. But I'm going to guess Joel turned into somebody like this, but more um, regularly and more kind of yeah. purposefully. And the the difference there is you know here why he's doing this is because of Ellie, whereas from what it sounds like, and we can't judge the earlier part of Joel because we don't know the whole story, especially within, like, you know, the, the uh, different paint of this world, so to speak, the different lens of this world and what that would do to you. We know here why he's doing this, but it's <clears throat> seemed like in the past when they've t- talked about how we made this change, as in he just did it because he kind of turned bad. I do sort of wonder, I've thought about this a couple of times because Neil sort of briefly talked about this himself a few times because he's been asked as to, okay, th- this backstory with Joel, would you ever do like a DLC or like an episode or something? I kind of wonder because th- there is an element of Joel where you think, okay, was he a bad guy at some point? And I kind of wonder, because we do look at Joel and kind of at Pedro, it, it, it seems, as like a daddy sort of father figure that people look at. I mean, you know, obviously you got the whole Pedro was Mando taking care of Grogu. There's like a father element to that as well. And how that whole thing has kind of become this, uh, in terms of Joel, this like protective father thing. Mm-hmm. I wonder if for Neil himself... Because I'm going to guess he's probably got a story in mind as to, okay, if I told this story as a DLC or as an episode, I wonder if he's worried as to would it sort of damage the character of Joel or make him look like a bad guy or a villain? Um, I wonder if you could do a sort of Negan thing where, okay, he's doing bad things like killing people, but you understand his motivations. Because that's that's Mm -hmm. the one thing with sort of... And there's there's a very in this type of world there's a fine line with that where you think, okay, a character who is killing people to protect his own group that's what most characters in this world try to do. Yeah. But I wonder if there was like a step further to that where Joel just sort of lost himself and you got to remember this is like the time where he I mean he's still broken now, but the time where he was really really broken and completely careless and like didn't didn't care about anything and probably was just told like hey can you kill this person and he's probably like yeah you know i mean i don't mm-hmm. know that because no, nobody knows the full context of all that um but i wonder if because we do look at joel as like this good guy who's done some things you know in this world but he's doing them either he's done them to protect sarah or to protect tommy or his family or, or in the situation to, to protect ellie and I just wonder if he did do that DLC or that episode, would Joel be looked at differently? Because um, writing something like that, you've got to really get the context, the motivations correct, and I, I think it'd be very difficult to do. Um, what do you think of what's going on here with Joel? Yeah, I mean, I, this is very much a glimpse, as you say, into I, I, what that former life would potentially like. I, and yeah, I, I agree, it's a very, very terrific trick tricky thing for neil to write and there is that potential danger of if he's just you know uh, this sort of slightly sociopathic killer in that part of his life it's going to damage that character and Hmm. you know say with, with negan the thing with negan was was always as you said before, if you come at the story from 
if we'd followed Negan's group from the start, you'd entirely understand and you'd be silent siding with Negan on that because you know a bunch of people from rick's group wander into an outpost and kill a bunch of people you know seemingly for no reason um so and and negan then sort of takes quite violent revenge on that so yeah there's negan was yes he had some screwed up methods but you kind of got where he was coming from as as a character the motivations were fine were kind of obvious and that led to the redemption arc it's going to be it's difficult when you're introduced as sort of uh you know this father figure character as joel is and then you've got a kind of color in this bit in the middle where he he went off the rails potentially a little bit um mm. I mean, there is, I think, a way of doing that, but it's complicated to write and get across. So, uh, yeah, I, I can understand maybe some hesitation of filling that piece mm. out. Um, because, you know, as you say, Tommy does say we killed some innocent people there. And I mean, it's you could you could look at it of like there is a, probably a way to write that story of of maybe they weren't as innocent as as joel and tommy thought they were but um yeah i i, the, the, I mean there is a way of doing it potentially but yeah it's it's difficult that but it, it's interesting seeing that version of joel in here and you get why he's doing it because at this point he's trying to protect ellie he's not in a great situation himself because he's just sort of still recovering from having been stabbed in the gut and he doesn't really have the time to mess around yeah. and and prolong That's the way this. To put it. Actually, yeah, yeah, he doesn't have you know he he doesn't feel great. He's not really got the time to screw around with these people. So, the, I mean, the the sort of the knife through the knee and threatening to pop off the kneecap with it, like yeah, <laughs> it's like grabbing my knees. But um, yeah, I the. the the uh the, the sort of map test thing i thought was really interesting and and yeah it, it um and and i mean the second guy you could argue that he does just kill in cold blood there was no real need to do that necessarily uh, i don't than, think you can leave him behind really. but, yeah other than when it comes to the safety of ellie that's what you it, it makes sense you yeah know, so yeah um, but yeah, the the thing <clears throat> the thing you have to be careful about with this whole Joel story is what if you write something that you think blurs a line, but a, an audience member or somebody thinks like, oh no, Joel's done something and now he's an ir- irredeemable character. So you got to be careful with that stuff. Got to be careful. Yeah. So um, back with Ellie, David, and James this time. David tries and badly fails to convince Ellie to join their group. Ellie isn't buying any of it and also spots an ear on the floor, which David fails to convince Ellie is sort of, you know, just what they had to do kind of thing. Uh, Ellie briefly lets uh, David touch her hand before tricking him and breaking his finger. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, James jumps in as they attempt to make Ellie part of their meals. But through another trick, Ellie uses her bite mark to her advantage by making them think she's infected. Uh, Before they can decide what to do with her, um, Ellie kills James and runs off. Um, yeah, again, another turn for David. Obviously, find out 
this group is basically cannibals and he, he I, I like how David actually kind of I can't remember if he explains this in the game because this element here is the same as the game I can't remember if he explains like oh it's only me and a few others unless that part was just a lie which it, it might have been because um, I, I was remembering the cannibal aspect and watching the earlier scene where they're all eating and I was trying to sort of read a few facial expressions to see like, do you know what you're eating, or are you just so... Because they're clear... You know, you see the, the mm -hmm. way that they eat, and they're clear... I mean, they're clearly starving and stuff, but obviously there's there's a line somewhere. Um, I couldn't quite tell, so I... Maybe he is lying. I, I don't think he is necessarily. It does kind of feel a little bit like... I don't know, the whole group doesn't know, I don't think. Mm -hmm. um, but whether it's the case of... Because there's a few sort of leaders within this group, and he says, oh, only me and a few others. I'm going to guess James is probably one of the other people. Yeah. Because um, he might have just meant him and James, but I thought that was an interesting line. And I can't remember if he says that in the game or not. But Because uh, he does say... Ellie does... Because um, in, in the game, in this room, there's like actual arms on the table and all this kind of stuff. Right, yeah. Uh, so I was kind of wondering where that went, but there was the little sort of ear on the floor, um, which he he tries to explain away in the same way, but doesn't sort of say how... Like, hey, you know, only a few of us know. So I thought that was... a interesting line to put in um the rest of this plays out pretty much the same which is like that the hand trick breaking the finger and then like the, the bite mark and stuff so yeah again seeing that being brought to life was was kind of good but again an another kind of term for david i spoke earlier about like the initial negotiations with ellie okay there's a creepy sort of element to him but he was being fair in those scenes and then the slap takes place and then this and then it just gets worse from here so mm -hmm. this is where david's character in terms of being a out and out bad guy because um, there are fair parts to him, which is some of his negotiation. We don't know what he's like with other people, of course, but um, yeah, he's, 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 he's a flat-out bad guy but by, by this point, yeah. and his character takes a big, big tumble, especially considering what he does later on in this scene. Um, yeah, shame to see Troy Baker taken out. I think we kind of expected that would happen in this episode. Um, yeah. Kind of the same with, um, what was his name, Pierce, was it? Um, yes. Jeff Jeffrey... Jeffrey Pierce's character, uh, it, it Perry, was it? Was his name? Yes, Perry. Um, yeah, with with him kind of getting taken out, so made sense. Um, so yeah, it, it was a good scene. I, I like the way that this was kind of adapted. Again, a little bit of like extra information put in here, um, and again, just good performances all around. What did you think? Well, yeah, it sort of makes sense that they they're not intentionally going to leave arms out on the table to you know. Uh, so so it sort of makes more sense here that they happen to have missed an ear uh and, and she spots it so i think that makes more sense in terms of the whole group knowing there is a line earlier on where they're lining up to get the food where somebody says what is it and he go uh, and the person serving goes oh it's venison um so i think clearly the whole group doesn't know um mm. maybe they suspect but yeah uh so I, I think, yeah, that that is probably the case. And yes, this is very much, I mean, it's wonderfully played as a horribly creepy character, David, in, in this. And, uh, you know, clearly a paedophile, uh, you know, as it sort of goes, you know, he's talking about, hey, we could do this together. And then he goes and touches a hand and you're like, ew. It's all like yeah, horribly it's all like, in, icky it? and awful. Yes. Um, so, yes, that element, which you looking back had sort of been hinted a, about when he has the conversation when he hits the girl 
and he sort of says, "Well, so your father might be gone. You'll always have a father, you know, or, or something like that." And it's, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. And so and that in that context, to then sort of, yeah, it's it's just the, that that's the point where the, the where he's having that conversation where it goes, "Oh, it's that," and it really sort of turns. So. Yeah, and him trying to explain away the cannibalism of like, well, I couldn't just let these people starve. And it's like, well, yeah, you kind of could, or at least you would have given the option. I mean, there have been, there's the infamous case of real world cannibalism where a group of people crashed in the Andes and they ended up ate, eating some of the um, people that had you know died in the plane crash because there was they were in snow covered mountains and there was absolutely nothing there but in that situation it was a desperate need for survival and everybody was given the choice of you know they vote on it and is this what is this what we do because mm. otherwise we're all going to die um th- that isn't this no this is people being unknowingly fed their loved ones you know uh, that have died so hmm. yeah i mean it's there is an interesting moral question there of like do you if you are genuinely kind of completely starving what do you do um but yeah i i don't think they were at that point here no, no. Um, yeah, that's that particular scene. As Joel walks through the snow, he comes across a building um, with the uh, group's food on on some hooks. Ellie, however, is busy dealing with David. She runs into a building taking cover. Ellie finds something that is flammable and throws it at some curtains, creating a fire. David sort of cares uh, about this, but not enough to bother putting it out. Um, he wants Ellie. Uh, she eventually manages to flank him and stab him, but David initially overpowers her. She's slightly dazed but still fighting and finds a blade. Uh, David turns her over and sits on top of her. Um, He's no longer concerned with killing her but assaulting her. Um, After a struggle, Ellie Ellie manages to attack him and then absolutely sort of slaughters him to death. Yes. Um, This was very much kind of beat for beat. Pretty much exactly how it played out in the game. Um, Obviously in terms of, you know, because you take control of Ellie again at that point. And uh, it's up to you to how long it takes you to get David. But obviously they, they did that a, a good length of time. Because, um, yeah, there are death animations where if you... Because you have to flank him, you can't attack him from, from the front because he'll just stab you with the machete. And uh, it's not a nice thing to see, but uh, it is what it is. Um, it's also interesting in the game how you do kind of... By this part, you do kind of keep flipping between Ellie and Joel, but you're sort of pushing them both forward in their stories. Um, I mean, you don't do the interrogation scene, that's all, all, all cutscene and stuff, but you do sort of shoot a few of the guys and, and that sort of thing. Um, one, uh, I forgot to talk about this actually, one interesting kind of difference with the game as well, with the deer, is, and I, I understand why they did the rifle, because of the whole Tommy and thing, and, and Joel trying to teach her to shoot, she picks up a bow and arrow, and shoots the deer with that, and then you sort of have this, um... You know, when like when you're hunting and sort of okay, you get the um, animal to bleed so that you can track it, and then you can continue taking it down. Yeah. 
Um, I understand why they did the rifle instead, though, because it's kind of this, you know, Tommy gives it to Joel, then Joel tries to teach her how to shoot, and now she picks it up and takes it herself here. There's also not been a bow and arrow introduced in, in, yes. the, in the show so far, so that kind of made sense. Um, so I thought that was a, a, a change that made it made some sense. Um, yeah, this is, uh, again, another really big, big piece that sort of pushes Ellie sort of forward as a character. And... Um, yeah, this was uh, it, it, for me. There's two kind of very emotional beats. One is this, and one is the the next part, the sort of meeting up with Joel again. Um, but uh, yeah, that played played out exactly pretty much the same as the game. The the building gets set fire and everything. Um, you then obviously have to to work around uh, getting him. But uh, this is also kind of like <clears throat> there's sort of three turns for David in this episode. Um, one where he smacks the girl, then the creepy touching of Ellie, and obviously trying to cut her arm off, basically. And then this part where it's sort of, um, there's the, the, like, additional turn where, okay, he could have possibly killed her here, but is interested in, and we don't need to get into it, because obviously it's not a nice thing to talk about, um, is interested in something else from her yeah. and you can kind of see that he said i can't remember exactly what he said he said something really creepy about like love is something or, or whatever i can't remember if that line's in the game um mm-hmm. he is like saying things to ellie as he's trying to you know climb on her um but i can't remember if he said that or not but that was kind of a creepy additional line but yeah it's um again i again in terms of fleshing out david's character i think they did a really really good job like through this whole like you look at kind of david's singular arc in this it sort of starts out with the guy that's trying to negotiate then takes a turn then takes another turn but it's not sort of zero to 100 it's kind of zero and then it it slowly creeps up and then it sort of bumps up um like his bad sort of creepy meter if you want to put it that way sort Mm -hmm. of bumps and sort of creeps up yeah uh throughout the episode and I i thought they did a really good job i think what helps that in this episode is the background part of the group and, and, and seeing that and everything. And also giving, fleshing out James a little bit more as a character as well. Obviously, James is dead by this point, but um, even for such a small role uh, with like what Troy is doing with James, um, yeah, I, I thought they did, they did not necessarily a better job than the game, but you sort of look at what the game has and you try to build upon it uh, and adapt it in a different way. So, yeah, uh, wasn't a nice part of the episode to watch, definitely, but it's not supposed to be. And uh, the first kind of um, really emotional beat, I think, in the uh, in the episode. What do you think of um, Ellie and David's fight? Yeah, I mean, I I'm not surprised this played out almost the the same as the game. I kind of figured it probably did. Um, it's it, it's one of those things that yeah, like you say, it's just escalated and escalated and escalated. And by the time you get to this, and he's actually assaulting her or trying to assault her while she's on on the floor, and he sat on top of her, and yeah, did you really kind of are when when Ellie goes just wailing on him with that cleaver at the end? You're like, yeah, that guy completely deserved that. I, I mm-hmm. yeah, totally, totally got you know and the reaction of Ellie after that as well uh of being kind of very dazed and you know obviously extremely upset at everything that's sort of yeah when she meets Joel outside you like you really feel for for that she's been through something incredibly traumatic and she's yeah it's again a great performance from Bella but uh yeah it's it 
it, he he's sort of done the turn to full evil at this point. I mean, he's always been full evil, but you know, you've they, that sort of reveal of of just going up in steps as you go through, and then and and yeah, really, really quite an obnoxious character towards uh, at the end, and you see the whole of it, and and his mask has completely slipped, and he's yeah, he's just. Uh, deserved everything that he got at the end of that. Mm. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's very... um, In these types of stories, there are good things, bad things, and lots of different types of grey area actions that a character can do. And, um, yeah, it's just the way that he he slips totally over the grey area line and just, like, character plummets into being a a full-on bad guy. So, um, not a nice character, but an interesting one, still. So yeah, um, there we go. Uh, I thought I'd leave this like last bit separate to because uh, I had this initially written a bit different. But uh, attempting to get some air um, and to get out of the burning building, Ellie runs outside before joining up with Joel. He accidentally frightens her, but after realizing it's okay, Ellie embraces him and says, "It's okay, baby girl," and they proceed to walk away. Um, the only difference here. Is this scene? Joel, Joel goes into the building in the game, and he comforts her in the same way, and there's the same hug, and says like, um, actually, it doesn't say anything. There's an interesting way this is done in the game, where um, there's music playing over the top of this, and you can see them speaking to each other, or him kind of speaking to her, and it's that same, it's that almost that same shot, that embracing sort of shot, but you can like you're sort of just in this moment with the two of them. And you can tell it's okay. Joel probably is saying something to comfort her and to, to uh, you know, try to ease her and all, all, all this kind of stuff. But you don't hear the dialogue, and they kind of just walk out the out the burning building. So both of them work. They just it's just shot a little bit differently in the show here, mm-hmm. and you get the actual line of um, "It's okay, baby girl." Um, to me, there are two moments um, that kind of because we get you know. Ellie and Joel meet for the first time. They don't like each other. They try to actually kind of attack each other when they first meet each other. Mm-hmm. And then you slowly get this build up of, you know, them finding out about each other more and building this bond and the joke book and all the, all, all, all the things that happen. And it becomes more and more of a case of, you know, they're trying to protect each other. Joel knows he has to protect Ellie because to him, at one point, she's just cargo. He, he says so himself. Yeah. Like, okay. I have to protect you because you are, you know, a young girl, but I'm kind of here protecting you because you're cargo, not because, I mean, there's an element where, you know, he cares about a young girl, but he doesn't care specific, like, because the specific young girl is her, it's just because you're the cargo I have to protect, which he says, and you're also a young girl and, you know, I, I shouldn't let you die, but it's not because I care specifically about you, and that changes and that develops. And yeah. for me, uh, people can like interpret it, interpret this their own way. For me, there's two bonding moments. This is the first one, and I think that the next one you're probably going to get in the in the finale episode. I know the moment that that it is, um, but uh, obviously we'll we'll save that for the for the season finale. Um, but it's all because I I've heard some people talk about like oh, the plot of this is fairly straightforward and that kind of thing, and it it is because it is kind of okay a really long escort mission if you think about it from the gameplay side of things <laughs> yeah but but what makes it up more on the game side of things is it is it is it, a, it is a video game and you're interacting with it and you're doing more things in it whereas with the show it's more about character and there's less of the gameplay stuff because 
that's not what makes a TV show work necessarily per se. You can have action scenes, but they're trying to dig more into character here. And yeah, it is basically, okay, bad world, infected girl, guy takes girl, or tries to take girl to group, will they make it, which is the whole point. Um, and the burning question of, okay, if they find this group, what will actually happen? It, it is quite s simple, but because you have different games that shine in different ways. Some games stand out more for the gameplay, some stand out more for the story, some stand out more for their design, some more for characters. The Last of Us isn't one where it's like, oh, a really sort of intricate plot and story. It's more gameplay and characters. Those are the two things that stand out. And when you get to a TV show adaption, okay, you, you have some action scenes. You don't have the gameplay in the same way. And I'm not just talking about shoot, shoot, bang, bang. I'm talking about crafting things and weapon upgrades and all that sort of thing. But the other big, big thing The Last of Us leans on, which is its main thing, is the characters, and specifically the relationship between the two main characters. So when you do get this long, arguably very long build-up to these two moments, to, to me the two moments, some other people might have like, hey, maybe in the car when they were doing talking or whatever, um, people can have their own interpretations as to like their bonding moments. And there's lots of bonding moments, but there's two that really stand out to me. One's this one, and one is one that's coming up. Um, but one of the more notable reasons, and this was something they slightly added here in the show, is if you go back to where Sarah dies, he's saying, come on, baby girl. Baby girl is the thing, it, it is the thing there. Mm -hmm. And although he doesn't say it in the game, and he says it here, so it's slightly different. Obviously, the, the, the moment is still really impactful in the game, just in a slightly different way. It's him finally saying baby girl to Ellie, and it's, it's clicked for him like, okay... She's not just cargo. She is a girl I care about for for certain reasons. So um, yeah, this this is one of the big Last of Us's really really big moments. So um, anyway, what did you think of it? Yeah, it's it's interesting hearing that sort of difference and and that line coming out. Yeah, I do agree. It it is a a definite turning point in. I mean, I, I think you know he had already come to care for her up until this point anyway but but i think this is very much him almost realizing it himself you know mm. and and the you know having having everything they've sort of gone to uh, and gone through and him wanting to protect her and she isn't just cargo and she is somebody that he actually cares about and he needs to make sure that she's okay and and all that sort of stuff so uh, yeah, I, I, it's it is interesting to see how they they shot that differently, and I think it was important they did that here. Mm, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's it's sort of you know, and you can see how shaken Ellie is when she comes out of that building after everything that has just happened, and she's been through a lot already. But this is the thing that seems to have really shaken her the most. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, no, we get the the moments like during the story which is like you know the diarrhea joke and all those other different moments Mom moments that are breaking down the barrier yeah of, of their uh of their bond or breaking down the barrier to create the bond i should say so um yeah this is this is where last of us really kind of shines in terms of its story and uh damn it's so good <laughs> mm -hmm. um all right let's get some emails and feedback um and whatnot. Of course, uh, if you'd like to write into a show, let us know what you think of the episodes, your favourite episodes, least favourite, anything you don't like, because, you know, not, not everybody, like, you know, likes the show on the same level, that kind of stuff, so if there's things that haven't worked, have worked, whatever you want to say, 
uh, feel free to write in Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org. Twitter eTalkUK is the contact page, information in your show notes. Email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes as well. Jack is first. Uh, well, not first, but is the first one here. Um, says, I found episode 7 to be the most human of them, telling the story of two young girls that just want to live their lives and have fun, but not in a reckless way. It was well done. Um <clears throat> Yeah, uh, if you look at, I suppose, what's happening with Riley and, I must said Joel, but Riley doesn't meet Joel, Riley and Ellie, um, and kind of a, a date, not a date, sort of like them wanting to hang out and then realising they like each other, and I, I like the way that you've put it in terms of not a reckless way, because, yeah, there's young people in the world who want to be, want to have too much freedom and want to be just reckless and just do do whatever they want and this isn't mm-hmm. quite that this was sort of them wanting to spend time with each other and there's a little bit of convincing on riley's side right but she she gets ellie to come along and yeah it's just you know girl girls girls going to the mall right um mm-hmm. is that from a song or, or something i'm I'm, th- I'm thinking that just sort of popped into my head that's like a it's either a film or a song or something but um yeah th- these girls just go into the mall they want to have fun um, they go to the arcade, do some Halloween dress up, um, some dancing, some singing. It's just them just wanting to break away from the uh, bad stuff in the world. So, yeah, I agree. I think you've put that really well. Like the most human of them. Um, yeah, I I like what you said, Dan. What do you What do you think of this, David? Yeah, I I think that is very true. With the two of them, it was very much just a case of them. Um, you know, it it was essentially she knew it was going to be her last time to be able to go and sort of have this conversation with Ellie and have this time with Ellie because she knew she was getting posted somewhere else. So that was why she wanted to go and do it, why it was so important that she came and did it on that particular day, Uh, you know, and they wanted to hang out and just have some fun. She wanted to say goodbye to her friend and that's why Mm. they, they did it. Uh, Yeah. I think the, the only song I can think of that you're thinking of is, is from how I met your mother. And it's the Robin Sparkle song, Let's Go to the Mall. <laughs> that wasn't the one I was thinking of, but um, yeah, there's, there's that one as well. Um, but isn't there a, like girls just want to have fun or, or something? Well, yeah, no, no, there's yeah, girls yeah. just want to have fun. Uh, I don't know why that's popped into my head. I've never thought that song in my life, but anyway, yeah. uh, very much applies here. So, but yeah, that's, that's what Last of Us is also so good at, whether it's here or it's the Bill episode. Um, and you do have your, your zombie stuff, your sort of action set pieces, but Last of Us is a human story. That's kind of why I was, uh, this was a few weeks ago, but when, when you were going sort of co-host by co-host and ask, on Geek Town asking them if they've seen The Last of Us, because it's, you know, it's the big new like yeah, show yeah. and like, hey, have you, and you know, you're asking Gray and Bex and, and Daryl, and Daryl's like, you know, sort of misinterpreted what the story was, mm-hmm. uh, at least I think. I mean, if he wants to watch the show or whatever, it's it's up to him. But it isn't a zombie show. No. Um, it isn't a zombie story either. Like, no. Uh, Walking Dead is a zombie story. Resident Evil is. I don't know what Resident Evil actually is, but it's it, it's yes. something weird. Um. <clears throat> by the way, just just on a side topic, if anybody can explain any sense of any canon within anything with Resident Evil, <laughs> I I I will reward you for that challenge if that makes sense because. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh, cohesive all, yes. all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, Resident Evil is very much that sort of. Hey, here's two hundred bullets. 
go and shoot a bunch of zombies and watch a bunch of things explode, which is very much the opposite of what this is. So, um, I mean, Resi 2 is good. Um, I'll see what Resi 4 is like when the remake comes out, but uh, yeah, it's a very, very different thing. But yeah, this is a human story that is in a zombie world um, where the humans, such as David, are still very much the threat. So um, that's what makes it so good. Uh, Harrison says, uh, I find it interesting with... um, Excuse me, let's start again. I find it interesting the change with Matt recently. He used to get angry about homophobia or anti-LGBTQ comments towards characters and now look at doing those doing it as silly. It feels um it feels and also sounds healthier. Um yeah, there's there's a healthier approach you can take to um you know how you take anti sort of LGBT anti-queer comments, that's the simpler way yeah. to say it. Um, there are points where, because it depends what someone says and whether somebody makes a comment that's just outright silly that you don't get angry at or, or something as to like queer people shouldn't be in the world or, yeah, there's, there's different levels to it where something, a comment could be much sillier, like the, like that funny thing I mentioned to you for episode, episode three, I think, where it's like, Hey, I'm not going to let my kids watch this episode. It's like, that's just, that's just silly. That's just funny. Like okay um or sort of like something something more dangerous um because i think if you Mm -hmm. get angry at all of those comments um yeah it it can be especially with the way the world is because if if i was to get angry at everything i see that's anti-queer i would be angry every single day because you you almost see not just with tv but with just how people talk about people in the world i mentioned in the housekeeping section about like what's going on with Sam Smith in in the chat podcast, mm-hmm. and how um, they've been treated by by different people and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, you have to be a bit more like constructive with it. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 comments where you see like, oh, um, this is the episode I'm not going to let my kids watch, but they can watch the others. Like, okay, that's <laughs> yeah. just, that's just silly. Like, that's just outright silly. Like that 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 kind of comment doesn't make me angry. It just makes me think that you're a sillier person. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um whereas like there, there's more sort of visceral stuff out there of like oh this is like propaganda shoved down our throats and it's like do you know what propaganda means mm-hmm. um it, it, it it's those sorts of things that are like okay you just i i talk sometimes about people needing education mm-hmm. and though, though not just in that area but certainly in other walks of life and we all could do with learning different things about different things right but yeah there's uh that's what I'd say about that. Um, any any other thoughts, David? No, I mean I think you covered that pretty well. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're gonna get. Um, the, 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 there are some things which are, are are genuinely, you know, you genuinely get angry at because they're dangerous in what they say. Uh, mm. And uh, but but you know, people like like you say. I mean, that's a perfect example of like, oh, I'm not gonna let let my kids watch this because it's got gay things in it. But having people decapitated or or you know, shot or heads exploding or whatever else. Oh, I'm fine with my kids watching that. It's just it's so stupid. Hmm. So yeah. So but sometimes sometimes I just read things and I think about like the uneducated people and I'm like, please just go and listen or just read something. Yes. About the actual issues. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that's enough of that topic. Uh, Natalie um, writes in and says, I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, how would you rank these episodes so far? Three is my personal favourite. It was beautiful. Yeah, I've heard some similar comments about people thinking, you know, again, this is a very human story. That was a very human episode, a very beautiful one. 
um, as I put it at the time, a very sort of delicate, like the production of it, the way it was put together was very sort of delicate and stuff. Um, what I kind of, I didn't really quite explain what I meant by that at the time. I meant sort of like the way Bill is serving Frank dinner and like the delicate little sort of touches of pouring the wine and putting the wine down, taking a sip of wine, bit of dialogue, bit of a sip of wine, bit of a bite of food, bit of dialogue, the way it just, the episode moves forward was, was really quite delicate and well put together. So, um, how to rank them so far? Uh, none, none of them are bad. They're, no. If you're asking for a ranking, mathematically, one of them has to go at the bottom. But that, whatever that episode is, that is not it. There's, there is no bad episodes. There's episodes I've liked more than others for different reasons. But there's no bad episodes. Um, so like I remember when I was ranking the, um, I did my disappointing review of uh, American Horror Stories season two. And I was like, these are all terrible episodes, but which one's the worst episode? <laughs> right, yeah. So that, that's a very different thing to this. Um, I still really like 2 and 5. That is because there's a few zombie set pieces, and I do like zombie set pieces. But there is also human stories in there. Um, but I feel we've got a really good balance so far of just... This one's more human, this one's a bit more zombie set piece, this one pushes... They've all kind of... They've all served their own purpose. I don't know about. I don't think I can rank them because I don't know. Yeah, t- two and two and five are probably my favorite. Um, the one I've enjoyed the least so far. Uh, I mean, I would. I was gonna. I don't know. I could choose one that goes at the bottom because I'm thinking of all the things that have happened in these episodes. I mean, I had some small issues with like some of the adaption. With episode uh, left behind episode, I kind of looked back and thought about the episode more. By the way, because uh, I know I kind of sounded like maybe slightly disappointed. I've looked back on that episode and I've kind of changed my mind on that a bit. Um, and it's it, it's that sort of thing. Like you think about an episode more as time goes on, and you you like it the more that you think about it. So, um, yep, yeah, I, I I can't pick one that's at the bottom. I don't know which one goes there. So uh, I'm I'm gonna cheat the, the question there. Uh, what do you what do you think, David? Well, I mean, I think out of all the episodes, three it really is the standout episode. Um, mm. Which it seems a little bit unfair to the regular cast, but uh, I mean, it is a phenomenal piece of writing that, um, and and the way it tells that story of uh, Bill and Frank is, I mean, it is an absolutely outstanding episode. That. Um, I, I, weirdly, left behind as well. I think is also up there. I think is a is a really good episode. Both of those are the bottle episodes, though. Really, if you're talking of regular episodes, um, the one that does stand out slightly more for me. And again, I think they're all great. And I, I but but the one that sort of stands out, I think, is probably five. Um, not, I mean, because it has a great mix of everything in there because it's it's all it's joel it's ellie you've got that horrifically tragic ending you've also got quite a big zombie set piece in the middle of it or you know infecting set piece in the middle of it um so encapsulating sort of everything i think five overall is is the episode that that stands out that has all that has the sort of is a standard episode that has like the main cast in and all that sort of stuff um 
but the the two sort of big bottle episodes three and seven i think really stand out for me as as well and i mean mm. three i think is is just uh, it's a wonderful wonderful bit of tv um but out, out of the regular episodes i would say five is the one that stands out more mm. yeah um but no i, I really like to because um, one was sort of very much here's the introduction, here's what this world looks yes. like and what it is, and two was okay now we we're now we're going to show you what we're capable of, and three was really beautiful, four was really great and sort of a bridge to episode five. Episode five was really good, six was really good, seven was really good, and eight's really good. So uh, there's no bad ones. So therefore, mm-hmm. I cannot I cannot yeah, yeah, no, to, I, mean... I cannot refuse to put one at the bottom of yeah. the list so yeah no no oh well i mean i i kind of swerved it by not actually like listing them in any particular order as such you know mm. uh i just but yes if i was going to pick one that that stands out for me it would probably be five although two is up there as well i mean i, I think that is a great episode mm-hmm. i mean they're they're all they've all been they're all very very good phenomenal yeah yeah so there we go. Um, who knows? Maybe episode nine is terrible, but I very, very, very much doubt that. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's not. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just something I was going to say actually. I, I, you could take this however you want, right? I talked about Joel's character and his journey and the whole like mysterious-ish sort of past, but one that's been explained. Although I haven't seen episode nine, um, and we're gonna you know watch it and then uh, obviously review it as well. For those that haven't played the games, the one thing I will say, you really, really, really need to understand Joel's character, specifically Joel's character for episode nine. I'm not going to tell you why. I'm not going to tell you what happens, obviously. But just from a... I, I'm I'm very, very interested in the discussion of... Um, obviously, Joel is still alive, so he's going to be alive in episode number nine. Um, the, the conversation is to... Yeah, just Joel ne- next week's episode. I'm very, very... Like, for, for non-game people that, like, see it for the first time and see kind of what happens and everything, um, it will probably be the biggest talking point of the season. It's, it's it's still a major talking point now, 10 years later, as to what goes on there. Um, as somebody who also knows the story, do you kind of agree with what, what, what I'm sort of getting at? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I I think I I think I understand what you're getting at there. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, I have seen episode nine. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it does play out very much like the video game from what I remember and what I've seen. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, but yes, yeah, no, I I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It 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 is to me because we've seen what what other grey area stuff is there? There's like Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, where there's like you know good people doing questionable things but for somewhat good reason you know all, all that kind of stuff in episode nine there is one of the one of the most interesting and i would say one of the best gray area things to ever happen in in anything um and i've yeah found found it i found it fascinating to think about and discuss with other and to discuss with other people and also hear other discussions about that but um i won't say any more about that um but just uh yeah just um, really, really try to understand Joel's character, and I, I can't wait to see what people think of um, episode nine, particularly, and episode eight as well. 
So there we go. Anyway, really, really looking forward to seeing how all that plays out. Well, I know how it plays out, but what it looks like and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we'll be back next week with the season finale. And I cannot wait to uh, to go through it all. It's going to be really, really good. So um, until then, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, games, films, and at the moment, very happy May United episodes. Uh, look out for um, <laughs> for all those. Uh, who, know, who knows what we can do this season? Um Wow, what what an interesting season. Anyway, that's over there on the United Cast, TV Games Films, May United Cast, uh, entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms, entertainment talk. You can also support us by telling other people about what we do and where they can find it, uh, either by just telling them or using social media. Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers, ad-free podcast review options. Have a look at that as well if you'd like to. Um, TV and film news, Geek Town Radio, geektown.co.uk. David, that's yours. What's going on over there? Uh, well, latest Geek Town Radio has just uh, recently gone up, although uh, we were recording this early, so this will be the episode from previous week. Anyway, but uh, yeah, 372 has gone up. So uh, we talk about Lockwood & Co., which uh, I finished this week, which um, still hasn't got a renewal on Netflix going up from what you were talk- talking about earlier. Um, I mean, I'm hoping that gets a renewal, but yes. Um Star Trek Prodigy as well. I I do a review of that, um, which is the animated Nickelodeon series, although um, much more family viewing than kid viewing than maybe you thought on the surface. Mm. Um, Outer Banks as well, which is back for its third season. So we talk about that. Daryl was on the show from Hollywood North News. So he talks about the wonderfully bonkers La Brea, which is on Paramount Plus in the UK. Uh, Talks a bit about NCIS um, Hawaii as well and gives us his thoughts on Quantum Mania. We've had a couple of people on there. Gray was on last week talking about Quantum Mania as well. And, uh, you know, just it's interesting to see the opinions of that coming up. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's also a lot of news up there. We talk about there's been a few interesting renewals and cancellations this week. So we talk about those. Uh, some DC bits and pieces. Um, we actually run through all the latest US pilots as well because there are a lot of pilots, not as many as usual, but a lot of uh, yeah. pilot TV shows in the US. So we talked about that and the changes that are going on over mm. there. Uh, so yeah, that's all on Geek Town Radio this week, which you can find on geektown.co.uk and your favourite platforms. And there is lots of other news as well going up on the website on geektown.co.uk. So you can go and find that over there. Excellent. Um, yeah, on the pilots thing, I guess that's because CW aren't making ten new shows. Well, yes. So because um, they're, they're usually one of the bigger ones, right? So yeah, and there's there's basically no sci-fi, no genre stuff. It's pretty much all the pilots this year are you know legal, medical, procedural, police. All the network pilots are are some combination of that, pretty much mm. in one way or another, or standard sitcoms. And there are some very generic sitcoms in there as well. Yeah, yeah, because we usually have like three new Arrowverse shows and a new Supernatural yeah, yeah. spin-off and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So none of that this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, Geek Time Radio, GeekTime.co.uk. Go and check out all of that. For other people, Bex on Twitch, Trista B Y T E S. Go and check out her retro chat game and other streams. Good stuff over there. Me over on Twitch at Etalk UK and YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. If you missed it, I did a ninety-minute. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy stream showing off uh, all the very busy work I've been doing, particularly with my, um, what's it called, Room of Requirement, brewing lots of potions and plants and exploring the world, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can find that archived on YouTube Entertainment or Players, as well as some recent clips and that kind of stuff. So that's that over there. Thanks for listening and uh, season finale. Yeah, we'll see you for that next time. Thanks for listening and we'll see you then. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>